0: have with us today very special guest Jezza williams how are you mate ah nice to see you bro
1: yeah i'm really really good
0: yeah i let's just start straight off the bat you probably have one of the top um uh audio setups that i've seen so far on the show you've got the headphones plugged in you've got the proper microphone rolling you're clearly not pissing around when it comes to this content game so i i appreciate that to start with so so kudos to the to, to your, your content tech game I you, bro. I thought I'd
1: go the opposite of you, you know. Um, I noticed you've got a white background and a black top, so I thought I'd go, you know, black background and bright top. You know, I hope it doesn't mess
0: with you too much, bro, but Matt, yeah, more than here we go, here we go. All good, all good. Um, So for those who, uh, who aren't aware of um, who you are and what you do, where are you based and what, what keeps you busy? So, uh,
1: yeah, my name's Jezza. Um, I am based uh, just north of Christchurch. And uh, I run Making Tracks. So Making Tracks is uh, Inclusive Tourism New Zealand. Um, so what I do is I uh, open up outdoor industry uh, and help the tourism industry to understand the the idea of what happens within the um, inclusive tourism industry, which we will probably have a bit more of a yarn as we go.
0: Mm. Yeah, I wanted to... Um... Together, so you've got a um what was the name of it it wasn't a little doco it was like a long form sort of piece what was the name name of the um the your story video was awesome man um what was it called
1: oh yeah yeah uh limitless limitless it was done by we are explorers uh filmmaking crew from australia so yeah i was pretty stoked they came into my life for four days and uh tried to portray who i was so it was a bit of an epic but they did a pretty good job, I think.
0: Oh, and it was super rad. I, I really enjoyed it, and it was just some of those shots and just that whole space was awesome. I obviously been a been a Christchurch kid, um, you know, on the on the come up. Just a bunch of that. Your your journey's been it's pretty amazing, dude. Like, obviously, you know, it's normal for yourself because I guess it's yourself. But from the outside, you know, it's very. Um it inspires too much of like the, the the cliche classic, but I think the the wording of limitless around what is or is impossible, I think rings true pretty too pretty true to you, right? Of what perceptions, borders, barriers, your headspace. How would you describe your headspace?
1: Well, yeah, this is a really funny one. So for me, you know, a lot of people don't understand, they don't know me they haven't done been through seen limitless or understand who I am or what I am. So uh yeah, I I did have a bit of a life-changing incident a few years back and um but in reality my headspace is the same as it was prior to. Um I'm yep. pretty much the same dude and that's what a lot of people don't understand when it comes to individuals like us. It's like there's this word bro i learned this word it's called sonder you know sonder means everybody's got their issues everybody's got something going on so uh yeah live your life enjoy your life and make the most of it really um i don't really worry about other bits and pieces
0: no because so the um the bit what i what i found really interesting is yeah i could see that with the headspace right because uh in snowboard world um You know, within the business landscape, a lot of people would say, "Oh, you know, you you this or that with just the way I roll." And I'm like, "Mate, all I've done is taken my exact same headspace from one thing that I was passionate about into the next thing that I was passionate about, and it's the exact same. um, It's the same. It it is the same headspace. And clearly, you you sort of had that. Um, When you look at your your life now with the things you're involved with, do you get more? joy having the same headspace in a different lane before or after your accident?
1: Well, I've always been a very positive sort of character. Um, and prior to my injury, like I still, I was pushing the limits pretty damn hard. Uh, it's pretty weighted up in a position like this. Um, and I still do, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that I've changed at all if anything i'm more aware of people of um you know myself my my thoughts my mindfulness um because you grow but hey it's i've been in this predicament now for nine years maybe i would be the same person whether i am in this position or not you know we never know the only thing that we know is uh the only constant is change and we change all the time. You know, we're evoluting. And so with different um things that affect us in our life, it uh it makes us who they are who we are. It doesn't matter if we um you yeah, know, if it's a positive, it's an or if it's a negative or whatever it is, these are changes in our lives and we just roll with it. And how you roll with it depends on the individual um and you know i'm just Jezza, so i just roll with it the way that the way that i enjoy it you know it's a game it's a game to be played brother
0: so when you started the business when you saw the ecosystem of what didn't exist for those that you felt should how do you initially approach such a massive market like tourism to um I guess bring awareness to it, um, bring education to it, then to actually work with a bunch of these different businesses to be able to kind of execute different experiences for customers. Because that it's quite a um, it's a flipping massive challenge, man. Taking up something like like the way you did. So, what was the talk me through the the start point of the genesis of the thinking for the business with with um, with what you saw the gaps were and how you initially started to try to get the ball rolling.
1: Okay, so um, making tracks obvious, well, not obviously to most people, it's obvious to me. So making tracks, when uh, we started making tracks, I had my injury in 2010. I was in Switzerland and um, I broke my neck, yeah, a C5 tetraplegic. And then I decided, well, I'm going to start getting back amongst it. So I looked into the tourism industry in New Zealand um, and then looked at things that I could do. Um, and I was blown away at the lack of infrastructure, uh, the lack of of a network, if you like, and opportunities. And then I actually, you know, wrote away to a few companies and did a little bit of, uh, you know, Oh, me and some mates are gonna show up and do some activities and and then, you know, we book it I'd book us in and then I'd write another email and say, Oh yeah, by the way, you know, a few of us are in wheelchairs, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and I was really blown away at people's opinion at that time. Um so it did take what, a what long time.
0: Opi- what was the opinion of sorry we don't cater for that? Well, sorry that's not possible, sorry we don't think it could be possible. It, like, what was the those initial hurdles commercially that that popped back with? Because there would have been, I'm sure, some similar recurring themes, right?
1: Yeah, and they still happen. Um, so a lot of a lot of the reoccurring was, no, sorry, we we um, don't run trips for we can't cater for somebody in a wheelchair. Um, you know, it, this is this activity um, would wouldn't suit the client, et cetera. Et cetera um so you know there was there's so much to do for me in the industry there's so much to do but i was lucky because i was i've been in the outdoor industry my whole life mm-hmm. um so i ended up going back to all my mates you know the rafting boys scott over boys the paragliding boys and just doing it myself and mm-hmm. and as you know you've done a little bit in the outdoor industry you know it's who you know uh, it's what you know to a point but then it's who you know and then um from that point i i opened up all the harder Outdoor uh, <laughs> adventures, if you like, um, and then the easy ones were very simple. Um, and then it, it's just like getting out there, you know I just put my body on the line and try all these things and and make myself the the face of and of what we call inclusive tourism. and then uh, people know who I am and you know if my body can do it, anybody can do it. it's as simple as that. And for me, the way I did it, the process of building the inclusive tourism market um, was, you know, I'm a doer, so I'm I'm not a talker. Um, you know, if I'm going to say something, I'm definitely going to do it. So I I just put myself out and and went for it. The the evolution of making tracks, which is now quite massive internationally and and uh, nationally, um, it just came because it was a natural thing. You know, I'm definitely not a, a big marketer or um, that sort of side of it. But then it must have been at the perfect time too, because, you know, I started doing talks with, you know, uh, with our tourism industry, uh, the TIA, um, with BIATA, the Backpacking Youth Associations. Um, and now I do a lot more, uh, talking within the tourism industry and open up all of the companies that we can open up building harnesses. Um, yeah, just making things possible really for everybody, Robert. And it's, it's quite interesting, you know, because people talk about a disability or I talk about inclusive tourism. So I talk about everybody, you know, Mm. um, and This is the big one, and if you did want to talk about the inclusive tourism market, then um, we can talk about the disabilities. 2013 census said one in four Kiwis have some form of disability, Uh, whether that's a learning disability right through to a full, you know, obviously something like myself. But then you have to think of people that come into the country um you know are the the indians and maybe the chinese when they return that travel with their families with their grandmas etc etc and then there's 75 million wheelchair users on the planet 15 percent of the world has got a disability and then we have to think about all the baby boomers so i'm not just opening the industry for the odd few it's about co- making a destination and getting everybody the opportunity to get out there. And um, for myself, I'm quite lucky because um, I've been in the industry for a really long time and I definitely know what's possible, you know, and I know how operations work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a mega mission. It's it's super, super awesome, man. I, I think even just saying there, one in four New Zealanders, but then international is 15%, so there's 10%.
1: Billions, bro yeah there's billions hmm that's pretty insane
0: the um the tourism market right now it's it's at zero right um how do you see just from tourism in general slowly rebuilding back up from in your world like obviously you're extremely connected all through the the grapevine of everyone that's running all these different operations and stuff the feedback and everything that you that you've sort of had what's the What's the sentiment in the streets of those that are within tourism at the front lines? How's, how's everyone's headspace and, and where are they sort of thinking at for this next phase?
1: Um, a lot of people are worried. Um, a lot of the companies um, won't be able to open. No, like if we're just going for the New Zealand market and we're just going for the um, maybe Australia if it comes, then what you have to imagine is, you know, we're not going to fill all the seats that we used to um and then we also might only be able to open during the busy times during the school holidays during the weekends this sort of thing because you, if you have um large businesses and you're paying a big overheads then it's just not going to work you know this is why um Tahu tourism and a lot of these bigger ones are really struggling because they have to look at all of the the p- people that they employ Um, You know, you have to look at all the marketing, you have to look at all the managers, you have to look at everybody that's getting the wage. So it will come, and it will come slowly. And truthfully, in my opinion, I think the owner operators and the smaller companies where the driver can hold a telephone and, um, you know, they can actually just run the business without having huge overheads. Um, they're going to be the the survivors in this race at the moment um, because they might be able to go and do some market gardening and do bits and pieces to keep mm-hmm. the food on the table but also keep that business up op- going um, for when the industry does reappear so it will come back um, it's just this time in between that you know if you don't if you have big overheads if you have if you're renting spaces, if you're paying big mortgages, then those ones are going to be the ones that are going to suffer. Um, and in the industry, you know, a lot of outdoor companies these days are corporations, you know, like uh, Go Orange, Night Tahu, InFlight. Um, you know, these are big companies and they employ a lot of people. And a lot of those people aren't front line you know they're not the ones that are um, doing the activities and you know like and when I started in the outdoor industry it was owner operator it was somebody you know that can do a rafting trip and the the vehicles there and they can answer phones and all that sort of thing so the the overhead hasn't been that that big and the other thing too I believe Robert is um, over the years with the um, idea of everybody marketing and selling trips, because if we want to make it available for Kiwis and we want to make it available for even the Australian market, we have to think about why are these trips so expensive? Why is the tourism ministry gone, you know, to this crazy um, money value? You know, two hundred dollars for a rafting trip when in reality it shouldn't be that expensive but then you have to think of booking companies that you know take 30 percent um you know it's pretty nuts so it's it's about uh, just changing the industry going back a couple of steps um and then it's we've been living a dream we have been living a dream over the last 10 years i'd say the amount of of tourism New Zealand's been seeing and being able to get out Airbnb and pay a mortgage of you know 400 bucks a night and then being like oh sweet ears I just paid off my million dollar house in Queenstown it's like well mm, yeah it was a pretty awesome dream but you know the reality of the fact is sometimes we might be living outside our means when something like this comes it's a really big reality check and a wake-up call.
0: Yeah, the buddy Stephen Langdon Hall is the the CEO of Tourism New Zealand. He was he was saying, you know, it's almost like a startup, back from back from ground. I think you're exactly right about operators. They're going to trim to the fair ability to be able to come straight on full time with all, this, all the all staffing and all the other overheads. So it almost will feel like a kind of a part-time hobbyist tourism space right where the owner operator may only be able to open for the weekends or school holidays or this and and they're going to have to balance off other things as well as that and i think that the, the journey forward is going to be obviously longer than some expect, especially for places like queenstown that are so dependent on it but hopefully with you know the bubble um some type of potential anzac bubble um, coming up that could be good when you look at the there's a lot of parts that are broken that you're you know, you're talking about the booking fees at thirty percent, you're talking about, you know, a whole bunch of this experience, you know, two hundred dollars for a, a boat trip which most Kiwis probably don't go on because of the pricing it's probably not targeted, not for for them and there's pro other ways broken. When when you look at the tourism market now, if you were to everyone's talking about, you know, reimagining and re- redesigning this this landscape, how would you redesign and kind of reimagine what New Zealand tourism should or could be if you were to sprinkle a bit of magic dust over it
1: um well i'll go back to the roots you know why is new zealand new zealand why do people come and enjoy what we have and it's it's going right back to our landscape it's going right back to you know who we are as kiwis so it's making it more um environmental um Doing things like adventure-based learning, um, you know, That's involving involving um, schools, involving communities, um, all of the big companies that, you know, all of these huge co- companies that we have in New Zealand, you know, we, it's about you know getting your staff to go down and joining up, and you know, just. Going right back to our roots and, and going from that point forward, so Kiwis can enjoy what we have. You know, when was the last time that you went on a road trip and you know did a bungee and you know went down to Fieldland? Have you ever been to Fieldlimbo? I have. Amazing. Yeah, but awesome, awesome. It's a pretty incredible place. So it's um it's understanding that the the in, what we had prior to. Which will possibly come back in the big future. Um, it's but it's about involving our local uh, communities, our people, um, and everybody understanding that New Zealand is an incredible place. But we need to look after it, and um, it's not about big golden vehicles and you know money printing. It's about looking after the community it's about looking after the locals it's about looking after the environment and then bringing it all back and that there will totally bring evolution into the industry and make more foreigners that come in to enjoy our country recognize what New Zealand is about you know not so much the big buses heading all over the place and the everybody complaining about freedom camping and all these sort of things. So if we get out and we see what it's like and we enjoy it, then, you know, and we're returning custom as well. If if I enjoy something, I'm going to go back and do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it again and again and again. Whereas the foreign market is we come in, we enjoy the New Zealand and then we go to Australia and then we go home, get a real job. This is mainstream. And then maybe when we're, you know, we have our children, we come back and show our kids where we've been. And then if we're lucky, we come back as grandma and grandpa and show our grandkids. That's three times. But you imagine the Kiwis, you know, we go there every holiday. We enjoy it every holiday. And they know us. We're like, hey, Fred, how's it? You know, it was great to have that trip it's great to see you again. Let's, let's enjoy it. You know, so it's about involving, involving New Zealand and what we have, which has sort of been sort of, you know, forgotten about.
0: I get it, man. And before we go, I was going to ask you, what do you get most, what are you most hopeful about for, for your, for your sector and, and the way this rebuilds? What are you most hopeful for?
1: For making tracks, you mean, or?
0: Both, yeah. For those...
1: What I'd like to see, <clears throat> are we there still? What I'd like to see, Robert, uh, Robert is yeah. that um, people are aware of what's available in New Zealand. And for me, um, like I've all of, the, I'd say 90% of my clientele that come and enjoy New Zealand, Um, are foreigners you know and what I'd like to see is Kiwis getting out there and enjoying it and being aware of what's possible because trust me there's so many awesome activities that are possible and to enjoy and fall in love with New Zealand again is is what Kiwis have to do because it's not only going to help the tourism industry it's going to help every industry you know we might even see that ooh, the rivers are getting a little bit um, manky down in the South Island, you know. It's like talk to a river guide and he might, t- he might educate you a little bit. Um, so it's about getting out there and seeing seeing what's available. So I'd love to see Kiwis travelling more. That's, that's my big issue. I think it's, uh, we've forgotten our, about our, our homies and, you know, that's, that's where we should go for, um, and it's also with the inclusive market what i what I'm dealing with and um, what I'm opening up it's like all I'd love to have all the outdoor companies join the inclusive tourism movement with making tracks. in fact I'm doing a free year at the moment any outdoor company can join making tracks and what that does it you know the larger you allow diversity into your company, the larger market you're going to have then the more clientele you're going to get and it's it's simple if you're an operator um to look at you know the big picture look at the whole market um that's that's where i sort of my imagination anyway i
0: i i jez i think you're totally right though it's going it will start with back in the local market then obviously regional then national as this things go out you know Tim Elp, um he was um in the comments the other day and one of the things he was talking about you know bluff over Bali and the idea of like going hyper local instead of global and actually really doubling down on that um for those that are wanting to um find out more about making tracks or inclusive tourism like where can they go what can they do
1: oh okay so it's easy making tracks with an x dot um, co dot nz that's our website um it's also our instagram it's also our facebook um and all the information is is clearly there or else they can just get in contact with me you know i'm a pretty friendly pretty uh easygoing sort of character and you can just drop me an email drop me a line and let me um help assist get you out there and, and enjoy it whether it's your kids whether it's yourself, whether you know, it's your friend down the road. Um, yeah, easy peasy, making tracks with an ex, bro.
0: It's and definitely scope out uh, limitless. It's such a cool video. Have you crossed paths with a, a young lady by the name of Grace Stratton yet? Stratton, Grace?
1: No. Do you know her?
0: I'm going to in, introduce you to I think you can you can make some some power moves to to help make make the world even more of a better place we'll probably up with but no man, honestly bro like as mega props it was very clear that your headspace um transitioned from one world into the next and you're taking the same mindset with how you do it so big ups and kudos to you man and stay stay out of trouble down down south down there
1: yeah i will man it's a beautiful day and uh we're going to get out and enjoy it um one thing too i will say i've been doing this real world resilience yarn lately yeah. it's been pretty fun eh just a few tips of, of, of my trade just for some carry-on. So if anybody is interested, just hashtag Real World Resilience and you you can get a few insights because, you know, going through what I've gone through all my life, yep, t- please, t- cheers, he can uh, fill you in and a few fun ideas.
0: Dude, good on you, man. Props. Uh, well, enjoy the rest of the day, brother, and I'll uh, talk to you soon.
1: Okay. Awesome. Cheers, bro. buddy. Ciao, Thank ciao. You.
0: Ladies, what a good bastard making tracks, limitless. Definitely watch it, definitely check it out. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, limitless. Jeza Williams, have a look and scope it. Um, inclusive tourism, absolutely love it. The opportunities f- to be able to link and work with a bunch of brands and businesses now for that is going to be bigger than, than ever. I think he's totally right. Um, people need to see more of New Zealand, um, and, and back at each other. So, that's come cool stoked you hopefully you like that one the Rogers. is awesome times I'll see you soon